1: And a great good afternoon to you and yours. How are you? It's uh, Thursday, September 22nd, the year 2022. We've got a full slate of guests covering all the latest topics that are out there, including the NCAA um, levying some disciplinary action to LSU. It's not the big boy. This was, a, this was a little secondary thing that only took 21 months to, to reach a conclusion. So we'll, we'll deal with that. And, and uh, other things like the President's Cup, which round one is underway, the foursomes. And there are five pairings. And as of right now, as we speak, the USA is leading all five matches to date all five matches to date. Um, We will take you behind enemy lines today. We'll talk with Mike Hammett, the play-by-play voice of the ULM Warhawks. Tony Barnhart will join us. We'll go over the big games in the SEC, Arkansas and Texas A&M, Tennessee and Florida, just to name a pair of ball games there. Chris Dunnels will join us in hour number two, and we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints uh, as they head to Carolina in what I think is a must-win scenario. Um, Tom Hafer, play-by-play voice of the McNeese Cowboys, couldn't find anything to do with Mississippi College, to be quite honest with you. So we're going to get an update on the Cowboys uh, with Tom, and then we'll sit down and visit with former associate athletic director at LSU, now the athletic director at New Mexico, Eddie Nunez will join us and share his thoughts on what's life like in Albuquerque, the hot balloon festival championship of the world. Um, My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are located on the campus of Delta Media, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on one zero four one in Lake Charles. We are streaming around the world, which is the only way you can watch the LSU-New Mexico game this weekend On is streaming, but you can always listen to it here on The Game. Um, 1037thegame.com 1041 thegamecom And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, hop on your television set because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and one thirty-three on LUS Fiber.
0: Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines.
1: Well, a big headline of the day is the LSU football program being sanctioned for violating recruiting rules during the COVID-19 dead period. Scott Rabelais for The Advocate was on the Zoom conference call. And uh, he's going to kind of give us the lowdown here, Scott. Thank you so much for your time, man. How you doing?
2: Uh, good, Troy. How are you
0: today?
1: I'm good. I, you know, the I get this uh, this notification, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to finally have some resolution on the Will Wade story. But that's not the case here. This was a completely different situation, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, you have a lot of a lot of balls in the air when it comes to LSU and the NCAA. So you have right. the big the the big case, which is the the recruiting uh, allegations against Will Wade, and also tied to the uh, giving improper payments from John Paul Funes, who was right. running the Lady of the Lake Foundation, um, to a, a former player's family. So that's all one big case. Then you have this case, which is the case with James Craig, the former offensive line coach, who was ac- accused of, um, um, and guess found guilty. You would say of uh, making uh, illegal um, inducements uh especially during COVID and so uh, LSU got hit with uh, one year probation and a few minor recruiting um recruiting um, you know restrictions mm-hmm. and of course he's got a three year show sure cause in terms of you know, if he wants to go work at another school he's gotta he's got to they have to give a good reason why to the NCAA <laughs> the NCAA can de- yeah. can deny it. But this, this is this a this is um the NCAA said this were level two Violations uh, uh, level two aggravated and level two standard. Uh, there was an okay. assistant recruiting director involved. So uh, that level one being the worst. So right. this is mid-range violations, not just hey we accidentally you know, you know gave the kid a donut, but uh, but it's not like hey you know we you know we we funneled him thousands, hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. You know, so it's right. it's somewhere in between. So it's uh, not the big enchilada, but it's it's kind of. Uh, Kind of sets up to the whole thing, but they're all kind of tied in in a in a yeah. sense because the NCA you know, hit LSU with lack of institutional control uh, regarding the Will Wade, you know, and, and football issues, and mm-hmm. this can play into that because they're like, look, like, this is a pattern of, of behavior from the school that is, um, you know, runs foul of the, the regulations.
1: Uh, Scott Rabelais, the advocate, this was one of those kind of a self imposed thing where LSU was working with the uh, infraction committee. $5,000 fine. That's nothing. 55 official recruiting visits uh, during this 22, 23 academic year and probation for, for one year. So I guess people are asking, what is the probation for one year? What what does that mean? So that if they commit any more violations, then even more penalties, correct?
2: That's right. If you commit more, more violations during that time frame, they can say, okay, yeah, again, yeah, this is a pattern of behavior. This is not a one off thing where this, this one, co- you know, right now, this is trying to be construed as one coach and a, and a recruiting helper, basically, uh-huh. did, yeah, did this, uh, you, know, uh, you know, made illegal contact during the COVID period. There, there were even more restrictions during, during the, you know, the, during the pandemic about uh, re- recruiting, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for, for safety reasons, you know, that sort of thing. And also, he supposedly gave the kids some gear. Yeah, so um, so th- there's that, but yeah, you can't you can't. Uh, L- it means LSU's got to be on his Ps and Q's, which I'm sure they are overall yes. with football and basketball <laughs> and all the other sports right now because of this this other huge bigger case is so hanging over their head. In a way, Jordy, this this case this ruling can kind of work in LSU's favor. Because, uh, as you may recall, uh, 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 a state district judge, Wilson Fields, ruled that LSU improperly mm-hmm. fired James Craig and, or- right. and ordered them to pay him almost five hundred thousand uh, dollars, the remainder of his contract. And obviously, you know, this is a suit that was filed by by, by Craig, and LSU mm-hmm. can say uh, they did not violate co- his contract; they fired him for cause. And look, here is a good example why the NCA is showing there was after yeah, cause oh. there. So, this may yeah. benefit LSU financially, no question, uh, in the long run. Yeah.
1: And that was where I was going next. There's no question now that there is showing cause to fire him. So they pay, they spend $5,000, but then save 492,000. So that's a pretty good return on your investment uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Do you, right. do we, does anybody have any idea, um, Scott Rabelais of the advocate, when the Will Wade thing is? I mean, is this domino going to start falling a little
2: bit quicker now? Um, this this is continuing to play out. Obviously, LSU has appealed some some things. You know, they're they're going back and forth. It's, the NCAA comes out with the allegations. The school gets to respond. There's a hearing, and then there's the final the final ruling on, on whatever penalties are. So, this from what we're gathering, this the main the big case. Yeah, you know, the, the 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 basketball yep. slash football case.
3: Right.
4: This
2: is dragging on into gonna drag on probably until the end of this year, maybe early next year. Which leads one to to I say, assume it seems likely. I, I don't want to draw a conclusion. But it seems likely that that Matt McMahon's first team could still be eligible for the NCAA tournament. I think LSU would be willing to uh, a cop to a one-year tournament probation, uh, tournament ban, um, if uh, if this all was resolved. But I, I don't think it's going to be resolved until at least during the basketball season. And yeah. I, I, you know, I'm thinking the NCAA because LSU has shown a, you know. A more a bigger level of cooperation. They fired Will Wade. Uh, a lot of the principals right. involved are, right. are no longer at LSU, of course. Um, that uh, the NCAA is is uh, is going to maybe kind of work with LSU on this, and I, I think th- they're thinking that th- there's a chance they might get away with no NCAA tournament ban at all. And I think this is a team, Matt McMahon's team, the way mm-hmm. he is recruited. The first team is at least—you know, you thought, "Well, were they going to go like two and sixteen in the SEC right. his first year?" I don't think anyone thinks that's the case anymore. They at least have a chance to be an NCA or NIT team his first year because mm-hmm. uh, he's gotten some talent in here under adverse circumstances, right. and um, this is uh, this is drag- going to drag on uh, uh, well into the start of basketball season, if not beyond. Yeah, yeah.
1: Golly, so this little small one took twenty-one months. I think the will wait thing's been going on for a decade. It feels like my goodness gracious, <laughs> it <laughs> just, does. You know, and, I remember and that people, old that headline great, crazy times you. at LSU yeah. back when Dale Brown was was fighting the NCAA, and uh, this might be even crazier. Man, this might be crazier. So, um, one step in the process. I'm sure LSU's thrilled to have this one off the books. I think um, considering everything, they, they're going to save some money. So they got to be smiling in the back uh, halls of that administration building, and we'll see what happens from here. Meanwhile, there's a football game, and um, you know this might be the end of the road for these kind of games. Uh, when when the conference, I fully believe Scott goes to to nine games, nine league games, and um, you have to play two re- two pretty good group of five teams, and then you then you can play the Southerns, the Gramblings, the McNeeses, and teams like that. That's just my thoughts.
2: I think you always going to probably have at least one of these games on the schedule. And you know, let's look at this year's schedule. You played Florida State, which is a power five opponent. You played an in-state team in Southern and uh, now you're playing New Mexico State and you got UAB, which is uh, kind of in between. UAB is a good right. team in the group of five, you know, those, those conferences that are considered one tier below the, the power five uh, conferences. And, and looking at next year's schedule, you got Florida State again, grambling mm-hmm. here, um, mm-hmm. the army. Which is Army. kind of like a UAB, and then Georgia State is like the New Mexico next next right. year. Now, right. I fully I fully expect that the SEC is, especially now that the college football playoff is expanding to twelve teams eventually. That the SEC, mm-hmm. once Texas and Oklahoma arrive in twenty twenty five, maybe twenty twenty four, probably twenty twenty five, but it could be earlier. That uh, they're going to expand to a nine nine games. So you only have three games, and, and one of those is going is going is you probably have one each. Yeah, one one. Power team like they got Clemson on the schedule at home and home with Clemson coming up in the future. Um, then then one team like you know maybe someone a little more interesting and maybe on a state level and then maybe a more interesting team like an Army. You know you don't get mm-hmm. to get a lot of those games. The Army game is kind of a one off. Unfortunately, I would love to see our LSU play Army in Yankee Stadium or something. But that I don't think great. That's gonna, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah,
1: that's um, not happening.
2: But that would be like, great. Yeah, there are going to be fewer of these games, and everyone thinks think there should be at the LSU level. I think that's like director uh, Scott Woodward will tell you, or Osbury Alsbury, handles the football scheduling, will tell you. You know that you know, these schedules, it's not going to be a great crowd. It's going to be really hot Saturday. It's not. Yep. It's, it's a poor opponent. They're not. They're <laughs> not. You know, no one's looking forward to this game. It'll probably be the worst crowd of the, of the entire season. Yes. And uh, no one, no one wants to see these games. Uh, uh, you know, uh, on, on the schedule, and you have to pull. You're not going to totally get rid of them, but I think they're going to be uh, fewer in frequency because yeah. you're going to play nine mm-hmm. conference games, and you got that Power Five game, and maybe one other better game than that.
1: You're great on research and stuff. When's the last time an LSU football game hasn't been on a regular television station? You got to stream that. This is SEC Plus. I mean this isn't the SEC network. This isn't anything. That that's just if that doesn't give you a clue, nothing will.
2: Let's see. It. it was it was last year. Uh the the McNeese game last year, I'm uh, looking at the schedule was I don't oh, know how really? to it to okay. <laughs> I have okay. to admit, uh, the McNeese game was was streaming last year. You often get one of these a year, you know, probably. But yeah, mm. it's uh, it's kinda I know, a lot of fans are kinda like they're gonna want to sit down, okay, where's the game? Yeah, you're used to every <laughs> game being on oh, it. No, you're gonna right. have to you know, stream it on, you get on your smart TV or, or, or something like that. So yeah, it's yep. uh, not, not quite the same,
1: not the same. Scott Rabelais, thanks for hopping on board with us, um, with the news on the NCAA, uh, revelation of the recruiting violations during the COVID-19 period with one James Craig. Um, and, uh, now we await the big fish, so we will see, but Scott, thank right. you so much.
2: Thanks, Jordy. Thanks for having
1: me. Right, you take care. That's, uh, Scott Rabelais of The Advocate. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is back in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets. You can lasso a family four-pick of tickets to the Sunday, October 2nd show by simply texting the word Rodeo to 337-283-8100. That's Rodeo to 337-283-8100. That's a family four-pack of tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo courtesy of the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. we will introduce you to the ULM Warhawks next here. The Jordy Helper show on the game. One oh three, seven Lafayette, one oh four, one Lake Charles.
0: You know, the routine, eat, drink, sleep and sports all day, every day. You're listening to the game. One oh three, seven Lafayette and one oh four, one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, we are back 19 minutes after the hour. So glad that you were with us on this Thursday, September 22nd. Got a big game coming up in Monroe on Saturday. Let's go behind enemy lines, find out a little bit about the ULM Warhawks with the voice of the Hawks, Mr. Mike Hammett. Mike, thank you so much for the time, buddy. How are things in Monroe these days? (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, you know it's always a busy time up here. We're getting ready for a busy night and some volleyball and soccer at home, and that's the thing. I'm the I'm the rare voice of a program that also works inside the athletic department as a Love SID. So I've got Hawk Talk tonight, and then I'm scrambling out of there to get to uh, soccer this evening. So we're staying busy and uh, you know excited for a big one coming up Saturday. Absolutely.
1: How's Coach Bowden when it comes to the Hawk Talk, man? How's that How's that going? <laughs>
4: You know he's uh, he's awesome for the for the talk shows and all that. You know, with his media background and everything, working for ABC for all those years. And right. I think I ask him maybe five questions a week, something <laughs> around that. You just you just turn you crank him up and let him go, and he's he's <laughs> phenomenal. He's great to work with, and uh, you know he totally because of that background in media, absolutely understands the importance of doing. You know his weekly coaches show, a bunch of hits on local radio here as well, and yeah. you know just uh, treating the media with a lot of respect and whatnot. And it's it's really great to work with
1: somebody that sits in a chair every day for two hours. I love it when I ask very few questions and I have a guest who can orate <laughs> and tell me things, and I love that. It's uh, uh Mike. It's been a crazy season. You played two really pretty good teams, all both ranked in the top twenty-five. On the road, you lost by 42 to Texas, you lose by 56 to Alabama. Uh, okay, I-, I was more impressed with a 35 to 7 win over Nickel State. Tell me about that one.
4: Yeah, that's really all they have to draw off of as far as where is this team, where is this program at right now, because Texas is awfully impressive in week one. And, right. you know, showed up in week two against Alabama and acquitted themselves sure well did. against the Tide and probably should have won that game. And and then, of course, I think I, I've said all along, ULM had three things working against them last week in Tuscaloosa. was that the Sun Belt showed so well the prior week with all the upsets and everything. Yes, Plus, so Alabama true. didn't play well at Texas. Plus, yes. them, the, the constant uh, reminder of what happened in 2007. So <laughs> it wasn't going right. to be a pretty day in Tuscaloosa. And uh, they, it showed in the first few minutes to get out to that 21-0 game, uh, lead there for Alabama. But yeah. Nichols was one that, you know, there's a lot of respect for what Coach Rebo has done in Thibodeau because, no doubt. I mean, all the Louisiana guys on that team, all the River Parish kids and everything, I mean, they are a tough, hard-nosed program. And, you know, the Warhawks fell down 7 nothing in that game yeah. after, after a quarter. And that was maybe the best way for it to start because it got the team's attention a little bit, not that they were overlooking them, but... I think they were like, okay, this is real, and the defense buckled down from that point. Nichols had, you know, maybe one more drive the rest of the game where there was a threat to score, and that got wiped out. And the offense really started clicking, especially in the second half. I mean, that was a game where Chandler Rogers, the quarterback, was twenty of mm-hmm. twenty-five passing. And I went back and looked through the play-by-play, and the f- four of the five incompletions were drops and the other was a spike to stop the clock. So, I mean, he was on his game that day. He really showed out well against Texas with the same type of efficiency. Alabama was the first time he had a little bit of trouble, and that's mainly the speed and everything that the Tide plays at. So, you know, that's really good so far. And then the defense, too, has played really well. The secondary has played fairly well through the first few weeks of the season. That was the big question mark. So there's some good things you've seen in the first three weeks. But, again, you're playing Texas, you're playing Alabama teams, that you're going to sure. have to play perfect and have a lot of things go wrong for them. And you're playing nickels that, while they're a good team, a team you should beat as an FCS team. So we're excited for Saturday because this yeah. is finally, I think, an apples-to-apples comparison. Where is this program at right now going against another Sunbelt school?
1: In the ULM mindset, what is the UL, uh, the raging cage? Uh, tell me about this rivalry. What does it mean to the Warhawks?
4: I mean, the the Warhawks, they, this side of it, they want it bad, and they want to to show up, you know, what's going on there in Lafayette. This means a lot on this side of it. I don't know, you know, from the other side of it, just, you know, it's it's hard for any of us up here to root for the Cajuns in anything, you know, talking to the fan base and whatnot. But I came in here five years ago, and I've learned about this for five years, that, you know, what this is all about, and... You know, I've gone to some Sunbelt events, the Sunbelt baseball tournament in particular this last year and you know, see all the Cajun fans everywhere and I'm good friends with, with Jay Walker and, and some of those guys down there as well and, Right. you know, and talking with them and so you run into some of the fans and they're like, Oh, we're rooting for you guys, we're rooting for you guys and I'm like that's a sign this isn't the truest form of the rivalry anyway, and that you know, on the Cajun side of things they're like it's you know, they're not they're not a threat. And I think that's what the Warhawks are trying to build up to is we got to be a threat rivalries have to go back and forth and so that's where you're trying to get to is to play at that level and ulm hasn't won in monroe against the cajuns since 2005 so this is a big one to find out one where the program's at and two you got to make a statement at some point to show that this program is making steps forward under terry bowden here in year number two
1: we're talking with um, Mike Hammett, the play-by-play voice of the ULM Warhawks, of course, the Cajuns and the Warhawks Saturday up in Monroe. For Monroe to end that streak of losses to the Cajuns uh, on their home field, what, what, do they ha- what do they do well? What do they have to do to come away with a win?
4: I think the two biggest things we're going to see Saturday night, uh, the turnover battle for one, in particular – the Ragin' Cajuns leading the nation in interceptions on the season. ULM's done a nice job as well. Uh, Tristan Driggers is an interception in all three games for ULM so far. But they've got to limit the turnovers. Chandler Rogers does a good job of taking care of the ball most games. So we'll see how that chess match goes between offensive coordinator Matt Kubik and Chandler Rogers and the ULM offense. And the Cajun defense has been so opportunistic at times this year. But then... On the other side of it, the Warhawks under Terry Bowden have not gotten off the good starts in games this year or last year. And so uh, their first quarter point spread, I don't have it right in front of me, but it's not good. And so Uh they're going to have to find a way to weather the storm early, try to find a way to either be down at score or be even after the first quarter. If they can be there through a quarter, I think we're going to be in one for another four quarters. I mean, this is a series – recently that has a lot of tight games save for the 2020 season where you could tell ULM was headed for a coaching change and a lot of things there and a lot of things were going right for the Cajuns at that time too so outside of that we've had some really good games I think it's going to come down to the wire again but if ULM can win the turnover battle and not let the Cajuns get out to a big lead early I think we're going to be in for a great one and the Warhawks will have a chance in the fourth quarter to find a way to get it done. All right. Uh
1: Mike Hammett, the Warhawks, play by play voice. We talk about Chandler Rogers, the the quarterback, and considering who you've played, where you've played them, uh, sixty-nine percent percentage, uh completion percentage, not too shabby. Only two mm-hmm. picks on the year, not too shabby. Who else does Coach Bowden and the offensive staff, who else do they try to um to utilize? Who who's some other guys that are significant for this offense?
4: You know, this group, there's so much depth at the wide receiver, tight end positions. Uh, Ten of the top 11 pass catchers from a year ago are back. And then you throw in, they got a K-State transfer, a Kansas State transfer, Tyrone Howell, at wide receiver. And uh, also Bugs Mortimer. We're starting to see more and more of him. That he's the guy that committed to Florida State, uh, ended up at Louisville, got let go from Louisville. Uh, here at the start of fall camp and ended up at ULM. And he's still getting acclimated into the offense a little bit and seeing more and more time every week. So we'll see how much more time he gets this week. But between Bugs Mortimer and Boogie Knight, (laughs) two of the best names in college football in the same uh, receiving core here at ULM. And then the running back game, uh, Andrew Henry and Malik Jackson, both back from last year. Malik Jackson ran for over 100 yards in the game of Cajun Field last year. Uh, you know, the offensive line has been the big question mark offensively and what kind of push can they get and protect Chandler Rogers. There's good skill guys, and, and Boogie's had a tough time getting going. He's the guy who has all the preseason hype and everything, and defenses have locked down on him so far this year. But they've done a nice job spreading it around Tyrone Howell, Zach Jackson. Uh, you know, uh, guys like that have done a nice job of trying to take the pressure off Boogie. So, Plenty of weapons offensively. It's just a matter of does Chandler Rogers have some time and how well can they run the football?
1: If that place is packed on Saturday night, what, what kind of crowd do, would that be?
4: You know, it's it's been tough to tell. I think we're going to see, of course, uh, we always do uh, when the Cajuns come up here. We're going to see a lot of Vermilion in the stands, uh, and I think yeah. our, our team knows that. You know, There's going to be a lot of visiting fans here Saturday night, whether they're coming up. Uh, from South Louisiana or those that have moved up here to North Louisiana Mm -hmm. coming out to see their team. So, uh, you know, it's uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I would say 15 to 20, I think. I'm I'm hoping that we can get on Saturday night here at Malone Stadium. So, uh, you know, season ticket sales tripled this year at ULM, which is a good step in the right direction to try to build that up a little more. So I'm looking for – I'm hoping we got a good energy – good crowd from both sides. That's what makes it special is when we've got a big crowd for both teams there Saturday night. Hopefully we'll have a fun one for them to enjoy.
1: Mike Hammett, play-by-play voice of the ULM Warhawks. Thank you so much. Save those pipes and uh, get busy. (laughs) You got uh, Hawk Talk and you got uh, volleyball. You got all kind of things going on. So thank you for taking some time out of your day to join us. I appreciate it. No worries. Anytime. Thanks. All right, buddy. Mike Hammett, of the ULM Warhawks. The NFL action's in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game. Opt-in required, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-7867. We're gonna go around the SEC with Mr. College Football Tony Barnhart as we continue here on the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest
0: Louisiana. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the blonde bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. may not be as golden or as long but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg show on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: And we are back. It's week Four of the college football season. As I said before, I think everybody's playing the Mark Stoops role. Um, all these blue blood basketball schools, Kentucky, North Carolina, um, Kansas, Indiana, Duke, there's a basketball school. We're all 3-0 in college football. How about that? And David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium, stadium is officially sold out for Saturday's matchup. Between Duke and Kansas, how about that, Mister College Football, Tony Barnhart? How about that?
5: Sounds like a, sounds like the second round of an NCAA basketball tournament. Is what it sounds yes. like. Uh, yes. no, it, it, it's incredible to have those teams be undefeated, particularly the job that Lance Leipold has done at Kansas. Wow. I mean, they have had they got two big wins on the road. That's uh, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah. Um, Fifteen years ago today, come after me. I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> the Mike Gundy rant, one of the classics.
5: Totally one of the classics. And, and every every time he got on the air, you know, then he got to be fifty. I'm a yeah, man. I'm right. fifty. So, <laughs> so yeah, coach. Coach, uh, coach was having a, having a tough time with a reporter from the uh, Daily Oklahoman. She
3: yeah. she
5: wrote something that he didn't like, and so it it. Uh, let's just say that rant has lived in infamy
1: in infamy all right tony Barnhart, kind enough to join us he has got the finger on the pulse of the southeastern conference and it has for for decades um i I got a funny feeling that it's it's tennessee's time they've had such tough times against florida i think they get it all out in one fell swoop this saturday um in rocky top what do you think
5: i i think that's I think that's the case. I think the number is 11. That's the reason they're favored by that many points is Tennessee's quarterback, Hendon Hill, Hooker's playing well. Florida's yep. quarterback, Anthony Richardson, is not. And uh, it is tough to go on the road and win when your quarterback's not playing well. Now, Anthony Richardson is going to be a very, very good SEC quarterback. But remember this. Yep. While we were all praising him after that big win over Utah, they finally got some stuff on film. Yes. And this game is completely different, particularly the SEC. When once coaches get some film on you, and I think that's what explains the, his struggles the last two weeks.
1: It's hard to play one against eleven. Uh, the Gators need some help around this guy, and, and we'll see. But Tennessee, Alabama—is is that the number one rival? And where does Florida rank in the Volunteer fans?
5: Well, obviously, Florida—they've had—they've they've gotten their heart broken. So many times by the Gators, particularly yeah. when Coach Spurrier was there. I think that's that's got to be the number one rival. Now, historically, of course, it is Alabama-Tennessee. But okay. folks, folks that are a little bit older, folks our age, Jordy, we know that. But the, <laughs> the other younger folks, they don't know that at all. They don't, they don't <laughs> understand the whole, the whole deal. But, you know, beating – listen, if you get a chance, watch the game Tennessee-Florida at Neyland. It's completely sold out. And the tension in that place is going to be unbelievable. They have been waiting so long to get back in this position.
1: Right. Uh, Tony Barnhart with us. Um, It's not a game really of interest to the nation, but it's of interest here because we saw what happened with Herm Edwards at Arizona State as soon as they lost that game and got embarrassed. The AD and the chancellor were right there and said, uh, you're fired as he's walking off the field. I wonder if Brian Harson's trailing at halftime to Missouri. Do they give him the hook then? It, it's a very important game for Auburn, and you talk about some quarterback issues. My goodness.
5: Yeah, Auburn's having some quarterback issues. TJ Finley, their starter, may not go, right, uh, and, and may, they go with may go with the kid, to transfer from Oregon. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it just it's a situation. I, Jordy, I personally believe. That Brian Harsin's fate was sealed after the loss to Penn State. I mean, that that, that was the game last week. You think they're going to they're going to get jacked up uh, playing a good opponent, but playing at home, and they got dominated. Two hundred forty five yes. yards rushing, forty one to twelve. I think his fate was sealed. Now it it's not a question of if Jordy; it's a question right. of when. Would
1: they? Would they? Kick the tires on a Deion Sanders possibility? I, I keep reading about that. Do you think that's a yep. possibility?
5: I think it's a possibility because Deion Sanders has done a great job at Jackson yeah. State, recruits at a very high level. By the way, he's got a son who's a pretty good quarterback. I thought I might throw that in there. <laughs> that uh, I, no, I think it's possible. I do. Okay. And I think I think Deion Sanders is going to get a, a look at one of these uh, big jobs. So, Ella. Uh, There'll be a bunch of interesting names that come out with the Auburn job when it does come open, because they've got they've got everything you need to be successful, and that and that's the key. It's all there. You just got it's been done before. There's a roadmap to do it, and it starts with recruiting.
1: No question. Tony Barnhart he he knows. Look, coaches can coach, but players better play. You better get some players. Uh, and the game of the week to me is uh, on a neutral site. And that's the Arkansas Razorbacks against the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, old Sam Pittman's got his team rolling, boy. They got a really good quarterback. A&M bounce back against Miami, neutral site. Man, this is a huge one for Arkansas. I believe. Uh, yeah. What What are your thoughts? I, I like
5: Arkansas in this game. Here's the deal, Jordy. Arkansas knows exactly who they are,
1: okay? Yeah, they do.
5: They are are a big old team with a very mobile quarterback, a lot of talent, and when the game is on the line, they're going to line up and say, here it comes, we bet you can stop us. Texas A&M has no idea who they are. I have no idea who they are. I don't know what they're trying to do offensively. And here's Jimbo Fisher, an offensive guru. He he changed quarterbacks, put Max Johnson in there like, like we thought he would and they but they just can't their their offense is just simply all over the place um you know could they win this game yeah but I like Arkansas uh
1: that's in Arlington Texas that's the six o'clock game um Tony Barnhart with us what did you think of lSU's win over Mississippi State
5: I thought it was a really good win As a matter of fact my wife was watching it with me I said that's a big win because look since <laughs> since the uh the unfortunate happening is against Florida State. You can see LSU getting better and better and better. I talked to some people. I said, "Look, I know Brian Kelly. I promise you, the second game they'll look better, and the third game they'll look better." So I, I thought it was a good, good win. Uh, they did what they needed to do, and uh, I just think that Mississippi State is a better team than a lot of people give them credit for because they can flat move the ball.
1: Who's better, Mississippi State or Ole Miss?
5: Right now, I think it's Ole Miss. Uh, it, it's going to be a, <laughs> Ole Miss ran for over two hundred something thirty yards, something like that. They beat Georgia Tech. Now Georgia Tech's not very good, but they beat them in Atlanta, forty-two to nothing, and just dominated them. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, I like what I see from Ole Miss. Uh, it, I think they want to they want to run the ball first, which is the great misnomer. About Kiffin's offense, it's really a—it's always been a run-first offense,
1: but he never talks about it. Tony, I must admit, I under—I underplayed Lane Kiffin. He—he's become a heck of a coach, man. He really yep. has.
5: He's one of the best play callers of our generation. He really is, and so he—he he has a. An, and look, he totally remade his roster out of the transfer portal, and mm-hmm. incorporating that many new guys is a hard thing to do. You know, going to be going to be interesting to see when they get into the meat. Of the uh, of the SEC West schedule, that's that's going to be interesting.
1: Is Georgia better this year than they were last year when they won the whole thing? I mean,
5: that you must great. read my column on TMG College Sports. Uh, I wrote on Wednesday that I believe that this Georgia team has more ways to beat you. They are m- much more explosive. They have they have complete confidence in Stetson Bennett. Uh, they have the best tight end room in college football. Brock Bowers is a matchup nightmare. You cannot yeah. cover him with one human being. And uh, and they have figured out ways to get Bowers the ball in space. Uh, yeah. and Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, deserves credit for that. So in, in no that respect, it. it's only three games. I understand that. But right now, Georgia is a better football team than the one that won the national championship.
1: They don't have to rely solely on their defense. Their offense is so much better. They can outscore people now. If it gets into a shootout, yep they can outscore people and that's why i think they're they're better my goodness gracious um, everybody's talking about georgia uh, alabama ohio state are we sleeping on michigan Are they are they the other team in the final four right now
5: i've heard a couple of people say that we are we're missing the boat on michigan i have to i'll when I, i'll believe it when i see it now they beat ohio state last year yeah. but michigan is a very very physical football team They've got a little mobility at the quarterback position now. Uh, I think uh, we 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 will see. And right now they yeah. they're playing in that in the East Division. They got to play Ohio State. Got to play Penn That's State. Right. Got to play Michigan State. You know yep. we will uh, we will see. We will
1: see. Uh, Tony Barnhart on his way to Birmingham. Can't thank you enough uh, for your time. Go pick up that ten thousand uh, dollar per diem. Uh, that check for your your appearance and and go enjoy yourself man well my my
5: friend this is this is for the mike slive foundation for prostate cancer research this uh this is done out of the out of the love i have for mike and his family so
1: that is awesome you are the best tony of course i was just teasing but that what a great cause that's fantastic thank you so much tony safe travels we'll do it again soon my friend
5: all right jordy take care all
1: right time to face your worst nightmares with the game's 13th gate giveaway. I can't go in there. I I can't. It's too scary for me. Seriously. Uh, We have your VIP tickets for the legendary haunted house, second best haunted house in the country. I don't know who's first. Somebody's first, but they're the second best. It's that good. Um, So we have VIP tickets for you. Uh, That way you can scream over and over and over again while others have to wait in line. You just walk right in front of them. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 104.1thegame.com one, today to win a pair of VIP tickets to the 13th gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions. And, one, and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Back to wrap up our number one. After this timeout, the Jordy Helbert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers, and they've won four in a row now, <laughs> cruising the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
0: Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Uh, the NFL action's in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if you do. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as is free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com football terms. Licensing partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. They're still on hold with only 14 games left now. Aaron Judge still with 60 home runs. He went 2 for 4 yesterday, but didn't take one out the yard, and Albert Pujols is still too shy of the 700 career home run total. He and the St. Louis Cardinals have 12 games left in their regular season schedule. They're playing foursomes at the President's Cup, and right now, uh, the USA is leading all of their matches. Patrick Cantley and Xander Schauffele are five up through 12 over Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, lead Sunjai Im and Corey Connors, one up through 11. Cameron Young, Colin Marikawa, lead Tom Kim and K.H. Lee. Uh, the U.S. is two up through 10. Scotty Scheffler and LSU Tiger Sam Burns lead Siwoo Kim and Cam Davis. USA two up through 10. And the final pair of foursomes, Tony Finau and Max Homer one up through eight over Taylor Pendrith and Mito Pereira. So Cantley and Shoffley about to close this thing out over Scott and Matsuyama. Coming up, our number two of the program, we're going to talk the Saints off the practice field. Kamara practice, Winston practiced. uh, Taysom Hill did a couple of things. So maybe they're getting a little bit healthy at the right time. A must-win scenario for the Saints. We'll talk about their matchup with the Carolina Panthers with Chris Tom Hafer the play-by-play voice of the McNeese Cowboys if not now when Mississippi College coming to town you talk about a must win this is a you better win or shut it down for the McNeese State Cowboys we'll talk about that Eddie Nunez will join us as the uh, athletic director at New Mexico uh, in Albuquerque, former associate athletic director at LSU. So he gets about a $1.6 million payday for this thing. Um, and LSU hopefully will come away with playing a lot of people injury free to get ready for game two in the SEC against uh, the Auburn Tigers. The game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help you once you become a member of our Rewards Club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes. A $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou. you. about a $50 gift certificate to the Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So uh, go on and sign up to the Day. So Scott Rabalake joined us. Mike Hammett, Tony Barnhart. That's half. Second half, coming your way next. The Jordan Helbert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Tigers and the Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
0: Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg.
1: Hour number two of two, and away we go. Hope you're having a great one. My main man, James Mesh, on this Thursday, September 22nd, year 2022, in the Master Control Suite. In the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 The Game. Um, We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're near a TV set in the Acadiana area, pop it on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The story of the day, it's really not that big of a story because the NCAA is following all the self-imposed punishment that LSU doled out. But they determined that LSU football must pay a self-imposed $5,000 fine, be limited to 55 official recruiting visits during this academic year, and they'll be on probation for one year after the NCAA committee Uh, On infractions, panel ruled that LSU had broken recruiting rules during the COVID-19 dead period when former offensive line coach James Craig and an unidentified former assistant director of recruiting met with and provided impermissible recruiting inducements to a recruit. Craig was handed a three-year show-cause penalty. So um, that's... uh, that's that. So the uh, toughest on him now, LSU was going to have to pay nearly $500,000 uh, to Craig because the court ruled that they fired him without cause. Well, now this takes it to a whole different level. I think they found the cause, so LSU is going to spend $5,000 on, on a self-imposed fine and get nearly $500,000 back So so they win they win we're efforting to get chris dunnells from canal street chronicles he is scheduled to be in here with us so hopefully we can get a hold of him we are trying um and uh frantically to get that done but we shall see of course it's the saints versus the carolina panthers on sunday um noon kickoff uh in charlotte and boy if, if there was ever a uh ever a time that the saints need a win it is it is absolutely now uh they desperately need it um winston's not going to discuss his back injury uh and he was out there on the practice field today so that's good question is can he play when it counts under the pressure because he was not good he wasn't good for three quarters against the atlanta falcons he was great in the fourth and final quarter um and the saints offense was non-existent really against tampa bay i know tampa bay's defense is good but are they that good the practice for injury report um shows that paulson ademo had a limited adibo limited practice both wednesday and today same for Alvin Kamara, Ryan Ramchek, Traquan Smith, everybody. Uh, even Alante Taylor was back on the practice field today. So Taylor, Deontay Hardy, Adam Prentice, Jameis Winston, Marcus May, Taysom Hill, Traquan Smith, Ryan Ramczyk, Alvin Kamara, and Paul Cinedimo, all limited participants today. Um, Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers did not practice on Wednesday, but he had limited participation Today, as did former LSU Tiger Dante Jackson, uh, the cornerback, uh, limited participation with a hamstring problem both Wednesday and Thursday. So this game is simple for the Saints. Um, man, you, you got to get off to a good start. you got to figure out a way to get your offense uh, moving early in the game. Uh, you can't continue to play from behind. Uh, that's just you just can't do it. You can't do it. So um that's that's the deal. Uh plain and simple. So um gotta get going. Gotta get going on that. Um we'll we'll talk with Tom Hafer here in a few minutes. He's the play-by-play voice of the McNeese Cowboys. Uh so uh we're having difficulty uh with Chris Dunn's no problem. No problem. We'll we'll keep it going. We've got Monday, uh Monday night thursday night football tonight uh is anybody interested in pittsburgh and cleveland yeah both teams are one and one um and there's a quarterback issue at pittsburgh with mitchell trubisky and of course cleveland um you know they're they're waiting on deshaun watson eventually one of these days but uh Quarterback issues reigning supreme. This was is uh, in the dog pound in Cleveland, so so we'll see. There's another story out there about uh, Boston Celtics coach Eam Udoka, who's facing a season-long suspension for having a relationship with a member of the franchise's staff. Um, the relationship is considered a violation of the organization's guidelines and the proposed penalty – for Udoka is largely unprecedented for a sitting head coach in the NBA. This is not the league coming down on Udoka. This is the Boston Celtics uh coming down. There are vi- they are rules for the organization and even though it was consensual and um both aren't married, it still is a rule within a rule of the team and there you have it. Uh Nadaka joined the Celtics last summer after spending time with the Spurs, Sixers, and Brooklyn Nets as an assistant coach. Following his NBA career, uh, he replaced Brad Stevens as coach. And in, in his first season, uh, man, they were under 500 in late January. They closed out 28 and seven over their final 35 games. They had a great run through the Eastern Conference playoffs, and they advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time in 12 years. So. Udoka did a great job. They got a really good team. And now it looks like he's going to be suspended for the entire 2022-2023 season for his role in an intimate relationship with a female member of the franchise's staff. Um, NBA teams report this week, and then it's time to, uh, to start practicing. You know, the NBA, there's not many practice days. They, they go right into playing um, preseason games. So there you go. Um, college football tonight, West Virginia at Virginia tech, uh, the coastal Carolina Chanticleers are at Georgia state and university, Tennessee, Chattanooga undefeated three and O heads to Illinois, uh, to take on the Illini who are two and one, um, coastal Carolina is also three and O Georgia state is oh and three. So that's a That's a nice matchup there for coastal Carolina and West Virginia struggling at one and two, Virginia tech two and one big game for the Mountaineers on the road to say the very, very least. So um, yeah, there you go. All right. So major league baseball today, we'll just go through the litany of things. Uh, Kansas city leads Minnesota in the bottom of the seven, three to one. They're looking to, to to get back their glory days, they're firing people left and right. Seattle leads Oakland three zip in the bottom of the first. St. Louis is at San Diego. Al Pujols, come on, Albert, can you get one done? And the Astros will try and get season win number one hundred tonight with a six oh five start taking on the Baltimore Orioles. And all eyes will be Yankee Stadium as the Boston Red Sox are in town. And uh, Aaron Judge needs one to tie Roger Maris. He needs two to become the all-time Yankee home run single season leader. And what many believe um, to be the true home run record. Um, it's a final now. Uh, Cantley and Shawley beat Scott and Matsuyama six and five, which means they were up uh, six strokes with five holes to play. Um, and the USA is leading all the other ones as well. So one zip already, and there's a couple of close ones of the remaining four. Um, USA is up is one up on three of them, two up on another. That's Scotty Scheffler and uh, Sam Burns are two up over Kim and Davis through eleven. So there you go. All right, the NFL actions in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Now, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter... You can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code 1037GAME, get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only, bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game, opt-in required parlay and wagering restrictions apply eligibility in terms at draftkings.com slash football terms Licensee partner golden nugget lake charles gambling problem call 1-877-770 stop all right we'll take a quick time out here when we come back heading to uh lake charles tom hafer the play-by-play voice of the cowboys will join us in preview mississippi college at mcneese on the game right here. 10, uh, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and the Astros in southwest Louisiana.
0: Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right. Welcome back. Um, great news for, uh, Lake Charles for the second time in six years, the Houston Rockets are going to spend part of their training camp in Lake Charles Tuesday. The franchise will practice on the McNeese state campus. They were last in town in 2018 when they helped open the beautiful new arena, um, uh, before it was completely finished, but it's a, it's great. So good. The NBA is coming into Lake Charles. Um, that should be good for our next guest, Tom Hafer, the play-by-play voice of the Cowboys. Hey, Tom, how you doing, buddy? Good to be with you. If not Saturday, ever, right? <laughs> if not Saturday, you got to win.
3: Yeah. Uh, the the. the uh, he- you can see a little bit of pressure building with the fan base. They're a little restless. They're spoiled. We've been so good for so long that they really uh, they're not used to zero and three. So so you you hear a little bit of it on social media, and uh, I think um, if they played well, it would help a little bit. But the, the team has really just been very mistake prone the last couple of ball games, and that's that's got the grumbling going a little bit as well.
1: What's what's one thing that you can hang your hat on about this year's team? I know they're 0-3, and, 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 you know, they, they played some tough teams uh, the last game. Well, you know, they just kind of self-inflicted wounds. But what do you like about this club?
3: Um, I do like the new coaching staff, no question about it. They've got a process. They've got a plan. They've got – um, you know, the, the culture change that they want to see happen. Uh, I love all of that. They're, they're terrific in the community, this, this group. Uh, and they've got the team out in the community as well. So all of that is good. We love, love that. The team doesn't have an identity yet. I think that's that's kind of the problem. Um, they've really just struggled to execute, and uh, a lot of that is youth. Coach Goff talked about that at the press conference today. Um, you know, people forgetting how many sophomores are playing and how many new people in the system are playing. They don't. They don't seem offensively uh, to have the system down yet, and and that's why they don't really have that identity. I don't think.
1: Hmm. Okay, Tom Hafer, play by place for uh, McNeese. Um, you mentioned Coach Coffey. It's it's, it's adversity, uh, but he seems to have kept his. His spirit's in the right direction. Because you can lose a team very, very quickly where they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. But at least he's got them playing hard from every account that I hear. They, they don't give up. They're still playing hard, and that's that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, th- there's no question about that in, in each of the three ball games, There's been no quit. Um, it's ju- it's just been mistakes and, and a missed assignment here and a penalty there. And uh, third downs have been just disastrous. For uh, for the Cowboys on offense, they they were one for ten in the last game uh, against Alcorn. That that was pretty much in line with what they did in the previous two ball games. So they got to figure that out, and uh, uh, they just they just haven't put it together yet. I I think it's almost like they have to play well to learn how to play well, right? They haven't done that yet
1: i got a solution. It looks like, to me, you got a pretty darn good running back. He just doesn't get the ball enough. I mean, he's averaging uh, a whole lot of yardage uh, every time he touches the ball. And I'm talking about uh, Deontay McMahon. I mean, 11.7 yards per carry, uh, but he's only had 23 attempts in three games. Simple math tells me, Tom, figure out a way to get him the ball more.
3: You know, they, they actually started to do that in the game against Alcorn involving him in the passing game, and I love to see that. Um, to me, with the pass rush issues that, that the the Cowboys have struggled against and the sacks that they've given up,
4: yeah. that
3: dump off, you know, just the check down Charlie kind of stuff it would be really, really helpful getting him the ball. They had some design pass plays to him in the, in the Alcorn game. He's electric. Really is he hasn't mm-hmm. run the ball enough because we've been behind,
1: right? Uh,
3: in so many of the of the right. games, the the game against Alcorn, it was a thirty to nineteen final, but McNeese trailed twenty one to nothing late in the second quarter in that one, and so therefore we just had to throw the ball uh, to try to get back into it, um, and, and so we haven't gotten him the ball enough. I have two really good ball, two really good playmakers in Deontay McMahon and Mason Pierce. And they tried to get Mason the ball quite a bit in the uh, in the corn game as well. You can see they they're they're moving in that direction to get those two guys the, the football in, hopefully in some space because they're both electric. Um, they got to keep doing it. And and it's interesting with with the game coming up against Mississippi College. This is a triple option team that tries its very best to have these six and eight minute drives to mm. keep the opposition's offense off the field. And uh, and so I'm, I'm, my concern with that is, and probably the coaching staff. think it the same way. We got to have some some drives of our own, and hopefully that means getting McMahon the ball and, uh, uh, and and running the ball to keep it away from the other guys.
1: Yeah, time of possession has not been uh, kind to the McNeese Cowboys defense uh, this season, has it? I mean, you, they've been on the field a lot.
3: Yeah, they have, and it starts with the third-down issues that the offense has had that just have not mm-hmm. sustained drives. We've had some great big plays, uh, a couple of long touchdowns in, uh, in the, the game against Montana State, uh, a big play against Rice for the touchdown in that game, yeah. had a couple of nice big plays called back against uh, Alcorn on penalties, um, but the sustained drives have been the issue, and those third-downs have just been nightmarish.
1: Uh, we're talking with Tom Hafer, the play-by-play voice for the McNeese Cowboys. They entertain Mississippi College under the lights again. How fun was that? Having the lights turned on and playing a night game there.
3: Yeah, that's what the fan base has been screaming for. They they even the fan base is so so crazy about the night games. They even objected to the six o'clock kickoff that we went with about uh, six, eight years ago and uh, demanded it be back at seven like it traditionally has been in the past. Uh, I'm good with either one myself, but, boy, they, they came out in, in good numbers uh, yeah. on Saturday. Uh, the administration and the athletic, the athletic department did a fantastic job with the marketing, um, with the, the promotions. They had to the fly over from the Jets, uh, you know, for That's military awesome. appreciation. They did it all really, really well. So it was a good atmosphere, and, it, and so it was even that much more disappointing with with the loss. Yeah,
1: that that had to be. I mean, you know, Montana State is one thing, Rice is another. But you're playing at home. I, I would have to venture to say that of all the losses, the Alcorn game was the the worst of all three. I would think
3: it is, and and that's. I think that's more the grumbling that you that you've heard in the fan base. That's the first loss to a SWAC team by McNeese. I think they were right. 30-0 or something like that beforehand. Now, don't get me wrong, there have been a lot of close calls in that yes. time you know, over the last 20 years that I've witnessed uh, against the SWAC teams. But, uh, yeah, that 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 kind of bothers the fans a little bit.
1: I'm with you, Tom. Hey, for um, Mississippi, I don't know anything about Mississippi College. You told me they run that triple option thing. That's all I know. But tell me about the quarterback situation with Knox Kadem mm-hmm. and Ken Ranson. What's going on there? Yeah.
3: Uh, it, it appears to me that they have made the decision that they're going to go with Knox Cadem and uh, and they're going to develop him. He's a sophomore, so is Cam Ransom, but uh, but that seems to be what they're they, they feel like that's their guy to develop. And uh, and so they they played um, Cam got some some uh, reps in both of the first two ball games, but did mm-hmm. not appear in the game against Alcorn. I, I think they've made their choice. Um, it's, it's interesting because they're different quarterbacks. Ransom is a heck of an athlete, can really run. He could probably get you some of those third-down pickups if he tucks it down and, and takes off. Uh, yeah. While Kadem is more of a, of a pocket passer, he can run a little bit. But, um, but they, they made that choice, it seems to me. I, I don't have any inside information on that. That's right. just my observation that, oh. that that's what they're doing. They, they really you know, they want to develop him, and they think he's the guy. For, for now, right. that's their decision.
1: Well, let Kadem throw it and let Ransom be the uh, Taysom Hill of the McNeese Cowboys. Put him back in the shotgun for third down conversions and let him run yeah. for the darn thing. You, you got to keep your offense on the field more.
3: Sure, yeah, I could see something like that, and they did that with Cam in the uh, in the uh, the Montana State game. They they had him run one of those um, one of the I call it the Taysom Hill play. It's really just an off tackle direct snap yeah. to the quarterback in shotgun, and and he runs off tackle and, and does some. He got a 20-plus-yard gain doing that in the Montana State game. Um, and he had, uh, he had a couple of series as well once the game was decided against Rice. Uh, but that would, be, that would be an effective way to use them both, I think.
1: I'm with you. Um, well, good luck, and uh, you know the fans deserve it. The players deserve it. The coaching staff deserve it. You, as the as the play by play announcer, deserve a win. It'd be fun to call a win, um, and uh, that, so I'm hoping that for you guys. I really am.
3: Well, I appreciate it. You know, it's it, I've been spoiled. I've done this 23 years now. I've seen some really really good McNeese teams, yeah. and uh, and so I've got to call a lot of W's. They are. Trust me, a lot more fun to do that post game show when it's a W, and rather the was, as opposed to the loss, right? What was
1: the What was the best team in any sport in your years at McNeese? What was the best team? Was it a baseball team, basketball team, football team? Which one was the best?
3: Uh, the 2002 football team that went to the national championship game was the best, okay. and that was my third year of doing the, the game. So. Uh, I, I was pretty spoiled from the beginning, and that yeah, that that 2002 <laughs> team was phenomenal. The, the next season in 2003 was almost as good. Uh, went ten and one with the only loss being to to an FBS school in each of those years, and uh, and then you know uh, in in '02 made it all the way to the national championship game wow. before losing. Man, that's something.
1: Right, See, so you, you yep. like those guys that get to the Super Bowl early. You think it's gonna happen again and again and again? Yeah. You never take it never take it for granted, right?
3: That's it. I mean I've I've been been to there, you know, one time. Well actually I was there in ninety seven when McNeese went to, to Chattanooga in the uh in the championship game that year too, but I wasn't doing the broadcast. I was just right. a fan then.
1: <laughs> well, uh you're a fan, you love the school, you do a great job. I can't thank you enough for hopping on board with us. Have a great call Thanks. of a win over mississippi college buddy have fun
3: appreciate it thanks jordy we uh, look forward to being with you again
1: you got it my friend thank you so very much all right um the world famous angola prison rodeo is back in the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles wants to hook you up with tickets you can lasso a family four pack of tickets to the sunday october 2nd show by simply texting the word rodeo to 337 283 8100. That's rodeo to 337 283 8100. That's a family four pack of tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. LSU playing New Mexico will uh, introduce you to their athletic director who has some close ties to LSU. When we return, the Jordy Helfrich Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana.
0: We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: For 14 years, starting back in 2003, our next guest um, served in a variety of high-level capacities within LSU's athletic department. He, He did a whole bunch of stuff, cut his teeth uh, got to understand the job was very well respected around the country, and in 2017, became the athletic director at the New Mexico Lobos University. Um, August 31st, to be exact. Uh, LSU misses him. We miss him. He's a good friend. Uh, except Saturday night when they hit the and the Lobos take on the Tigers. But Eddie Nunez, the athletic director, the vice president, director of athletics at New Mexico, is joining us. Eddie, it's been way too long, my friend. How have you and your family been?
6: We have been great. Thank you, George, for having me. Uh, family is doing excellent. You know, really, really enjoying uh, the opportunity in New Mexico. So different, That's but awesome. enjoying it.
1: You, uh, you, you look out the window, you see all those balloons. That's the balloon championship oh, capital see? of the world. You know.
6: <laughs> you know, you know, it's, uh, it's honestly here in about a week or two, um, you're going to have Thousands upon thousands of hot air balloons that come to it. It is the the largest balloon festival in the world, and uh, it is truly an unbelievable experience. If anybody can ever go, I truly encourage you to
1: do it. It's big time. Uh, Europe, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. I have seen that before. Um, It's absolutely beautiful. I I know the airport. It's down in between. Like a, I feel like I'm top gunning it. You know, you got to go over the mountain and come down, and (laughs) it's beautiful. Yeah,
6: it is. It's, uh, you're kind of up there on a the plateau and you have the mountains on, on the east and it's, it's, it really is. I tell people there's beauty and everywhere I've been, um, from, from Nashville to Baton Rouge to down, um, to, to down New Mexico, it's just different. It's different. There's beautiful, picturesque sceneries and, I've really come to enjoy it. Miss the South. I'm not gonna lie. I love you know being from Miami and be, and spending 14 years here. Yeah. Um, my family and I we,
1: we do miss it, but it's a it's a uh, great place to be. Yeah. Well, we miss you too. Um, uh, Eddie Nunez with us, um, the athletic director at uh, New Mexico. Was this game? Did you schedule this game, or was this game already in check before you became the director of athletics?
6: No. This was me. This was uh, okay. my first month when I started inheriting all the wonderful things that were left for me from budget problems <laughs> and challenges and everything else, I uh, was getting calls from all my former SEC counterparts, and they are saying, hey, um, want to play football? And, of course, when you're the bottom of the barrel, at that point we were in football. Um, everybody was calling from the Alabamas, to the Auburns, the Florida. To, and so I just – I remember picking up the phone and saying, hey, hey Verge, what do you think, man? I said, but I need to – you know, I need to – Really make this impactful for our budget. He was uh, right. he, he was very creative with me. We were able to schedule it, and um, so excited for being able to do it. It's really good. That's awesome.
1: That's awesome. Good. I'm I, I'm glad for that. Uh, you, your ball club. Tell me. Oh, I, I, before we yeah. get to that, um, you know they always mm-hmm. say it's it's easy to be the assistant coach, but when you move into that first chair on the basketball court, and you're the you're the head coach. Everything changes. Um, how was your adaptation from that second chair to now you're at the top chair and all those other chairs are below you and they answer to you?
6: It, it's um, it's a humbling experience because I think well, if we all do what we can to prepare ourselves for that time when, it, when it's going to come. Um, looking back today, I know that I'm better off for me taking the steps that I took, being uh-huh. here as long as I did, learned. I mean, sometimes there were things that we didn't do that were great. I mean, there were we had to learn from our mistakes, and we did some here. I mean, that's why I told people, you know, it wasn't always perfect, but it it taught me the right and wrong things to do, things to look at. So when I did sit in the seat, um, for me, it was a little bit more of a of a transition. I got to, I, I was had a lot of things thrown at me from every every direction, from like I said, budgets and yeah. internal challenges and everything else. But we're to sit here today, balanced budget five years. We fundraising is the highest it's ever been. We've won more championships than every group of five. School, you know, we're doing it and doing it really well. So awesome. I'm really proud. But I wouldn't be where we, where I am today if it wasn't for LSU
1: and some of the places that
6: gave me the ability to, to learn and grow. I, uh,
1: I'm so proud of you and so so happy for you and the job that you're doing and your staff is doing and your coaches and your and your players. I'm curious. Uh, you know, we, the big yeah. story in college athletics is this uh, NIL situation. How yeah. do you handle that uh, in your conference with your where you are and how you want to get things done, how has that been for you?
6: I think we're all still learning, and I think probably all is no different. They're just at a different level financially. I think when you see it, everybody's trying to manage it. We are I'm supportive of it. I mean, I think it's it's something that's that's been way overdue. Um, our student athletes should benefit from that opportunity. I do would I would like to see more of a trans- not a, it become a pay for play one day because right. I'm still a traditionalist in some respects. I do see it happening um, not pay for play, but a version of it of uh, where student athletes continue to monetize but you know based off their name image and likeness. We're doing we have a collective at, at, at New Mexico. Um they, they have talked to us before, prior to getting started. they work. Uh, they communicate with us, really don't work with us but they, we, they communicate with us asking us a lot of questions which we can guide them directly you know, where they need to. But for me, it's, it's really about putting our student-athletes in the best position. That means giving them every resource, teaching them, putting them in front of business owners that can help them grow, understand how to manage. We have a, a, a partnership with our, our law school that allows them to, honestly, for $50, basically have uh, someone review as many contracts as, as okay. they, they need. And so things uh-huh. like that are, you know, are, are important. So I'm a big supporter of it. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be here for a long time, and we need to make sure that we, we adapt accordingly.
1: What is a sport? And, you know, look, we got mm-hmm. the Calipari and the Stoops uh, argument about, you know, Kentucky's a basketball school, and, and, and it is. Yeah. Um, you got all these basketball schools that are undefeated in college football now with Duke and North Carolina and Indiana and Kentucky. <laughs> it's crazy. What is the sport event? What what is the main sport on your campus? Which one draws the most interest? The most crowd support? Because I've I've done games in the pit now, um, yeah. and and that that was pretty that was pretty intense back in the day.
6: So I would say our basketball is our traditional sport. It is the one that most people probably know. Football, yeah. of course, has been around the longest. Football, football will always have more fans just because of the fan base. But we, we're getting 14,000 at every men's basketball game. We're getting, awesome. you know, anywhere between four to 5,000 at a women's game. So when you think about basketball in New Mexico, it's pretty high level. Yeah. Um, we are no, I'll say this nicely. Our cross country team is probably the one that's taking the, the flag right now. I hate to say it that way. They've won a national championship once it's up in there. They're ranked number two the last two years in a row. Wow. Um, so, no, we, we've got unbelievable sports. But when you talk about premier sports,
1: uh, basketball and football are out there. I got you. Eddie Nunez with us. What do you look? You you played Boise State pretty well, thirty-one to Mm fourteen. That's your only loss. You shut out Maine, forty-one zip, and a good win over UTEP, twenty-seven to ten. What are Tiger fans going to see out of this New Mexico Lobo football team Saturday night?
6: They're going to see a hard-fighting team. Um, One of the things. This is a second, really third year, but it's a second year if you think of the COVID year with my football coach. He yeah. is, um instilled an in unbelievable defense. And those that are in the football world know the name Rocky Long uh, yeah. was a former head coach at San Diego State, former head coach at New Mexico. Unbelievable defensive coach has come in and really revolutionized our defense to be just a hard fighting, you know, tough group. They're not they're not the most talented, but they're going to fight their tails off. And and yeah. at this level, that's what we need. We need guys that have pride about wearing New Mexico on their short shirts. They're going to go out there and play hard and. Um, you know, we're going to give give ourselves a chance. What does what does that look like at the end of the day? Look, like Ellis, I'm not a, I'm not naive. LSU's got unbelievable talent. They're, yeah. they're 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 an elite program. Um But to have the ability to have our kids come in here and play and experience this for the first time ever, uh, we've got five kids from from Louisiana on our team. So to have really? them come home, this is That's great. Awesome. This is this is it's all about them.
1: That is awesome. They play hard. They it sounds like. Uh, a young uh, basketball player who transferred to the University of Florida and played under Billy Donovan. It sounds like Eddie Nunez. Uh, They're replicating your way.
6: I I hope they all do. I hope they they find a way to roll up their sleeves and just fight because, for me, that's what it's all about. It's just giving yourselves a chance, and and our kids do so. No, I appreciate saying that. It's it's a good reminiscing right there.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, look, I know you've got a ton of things on your plate. Um, it's going to be hot, Eddie. It's going to be humid. It's going to be—you're you're used oh, to it. Maybe your team's I'm not here used now. to it. Yeah, it's, just, your team may not be used to it. Hot. I know you are, but it—it's—it'll it, be a fun night. It'll be a nice crowd, and uh, man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And so, all honesty, so proud of you and what you have accomplished um, as the boss there of the of all the athletics at New Mexico. Uh, congratulations, man. Keep it up.
6: Truly appreciate it, Jordy. All
1: the best to you, your family, and uh, hopefully you get a chance to catch up here soon in person. I will find you. I will find you Saturday somehow, someway. Thank you. i just Maybe I can sit in your box for a minute, man. I, I mean, that's big time. I
6: will be up there. Hey, if I can mess around <laughs> in, the, in the press box and scream and bother the, the, the SID group, I will. So let's have fun together.
1: <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. Right. David Nunez. All the best. The, uh, vice president director of athletics for new mexico they really do have a good defense now they really do now um you know they held boise state to 31 and it was a lot closer than the final score uh would indicate um they hung in there it was uh only 10 zip at the half um so we'll see we'll see um Offensively, uh, you know, Miles Kendrick is their quarterback. He's uh, against Boise. He was 9 for 28 for 98 yards and one touchdown. So they didn't have any offense whatsoever against uh, Boise State. But, um, look, this is just another opportunity for LSU to feel good about themselves. They're going to win the game. They're 30-point favorites in this thing. Brian Kelly's not going to let them overlook – Anyone, this team is not that good yet. Yeah, they feel good about themselves after what they did to Mississippi State, but you got to build on the momentum. This is your opportunity to get something going. To you get a chance to win this one, you get to go on the road against Auburn. Who knows what that's going to be like? What they're going to be like? So you got a chance to win and go two and zero in the league, and then you get Tennessee. So you got to keep building. You got to keep getting better and better and better. So the Lobos will get one point six million. Don't be confused. Everybody calls them New Mexico State. They're not New Mexico State. Those are the Aggies. All right. This is New Mexico, the Lobos, um, and they're coming to town. $1.6 million they'll leave with, um, and uh, Eddie Nunez called LSU up and said, hey, we'd like to play. All these SEC schools are calling us because we're we're easy meat, man. We are easy pickings. Um, so – lsu showed their loyalty and eddie showed his loyalty to lsu and here we are with lsu and new mexico it's going to be it's going to be the worst crowd of the year without question without doubt they're going to be plenty of empty seats on this bad boy um the rest of the way not so uh and southern packed the thing so this will be a this will be a bad crowd uh and lsu will hopefully put this thing to bed very early Jaden Daniels doesn't have to play through the first half, and then you can get Nussmeyer in, build his confidence up a little bit because it's got to be teeter-tottering right now um, as far as his situation is concerned because when he got in, he was was pressing against Southern University, and uh, it showed, and he threw a couple of picks, so he's got to be a little down, didn't play against Mississippi State. Here's his last opportunity, and then you can get Walker Howard in there uh, in the fourth quarter. And let him play. And whatever you do, don't make him just hand the ball off. Let him throw it. Let him throw it. That's the goal. That's the plan to keep everybody healthy, get everybody in there. If you've got some starters that are a little nicked up, as old Les Miles used to say, sit them. Bigger fish to fry down the road. You can win without all your A players in this one. You can, and you should. All right, we'll take our final time out of the day. We'll come back and wrap all these things up. We appreciate it, Nunez, for coming on. This is the Jordy Helpert Show, brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. You know, there are 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. 60 of them. Um, Clean, fresh, hot food every day. You can save in the store. You can save at the gas pump if you become a member, free member of the Buku Rewards Club. Just go to any ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlet, ask about it. Easy to fill out, and then you're going to win. You're going to win in the store. You're going to win at the pump. Dudes, if you can't shop right at ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets, you just can't shop right at all. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette, One zero four one Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana.
0: Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your hall for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. All
1: right, welcome back. Uh, Finishing touches the story of the day LSU football program sanctioned for violating recruiting rules during the COVID-19 dead period. Um, as part of the sanctions, LSU must pay a self imposed $5,000 fine, be limited to 55 official recruiting visits during the 2022 23 academic year, will be pro- on probation for one year. James Craig, the offensive line coach implicated in all this, was handed a three year show cause penalty by the NCAA. Look, LSU had already self imposed nearly everything on the list, beginning with the prior regime. They've also uh, already been operating under the number set at 55 official visits. So nothing of real note here when it comes to moving forward. They've already put this in play uh, and in place, and so um, you go on and and move on from there. Um, LSU has a huge visitor coming this weekend, Julian Sayin, the number two quarterback in the 2024 class. Uh, is going to return to Baton Rouge for the game in Tiger Stadium. Um, he's a big kid out there in Carlsbad, California. So I don't know if he picked the best game to uh, to come to, but um, it is what it is, and I'm sure they will roll out uh, the red carpet. Mason uh, Smith um, had his surgery done. He's in good spirits, smiling. He's going he's gonna to come back bigger and better and stronger than ever absolutely absolutely so there's some uh recruiting news uh for you high school football underway tonight we've got some college football tonight about three games we've got uh, one nfl game pittsburgh at cleveland um all eyes will be on yankee stadium aaron judge one home run away from tra- tying um roger maris 61 as a yankee uh the yankees take on the boston red sox st louis is in San Diego. Albert Pujols two home runs away from career number 700 and the Astros will try and attain their 100th win of the season tonight in Baltimore. They're at 91 and they are cruising up 17 over their second place Seattle Mariners. Special thanks today to our guest Scott Rabelais of the Advocate on the NCAA sanction against LSU. Mike Hammett, the play-by-play voice of the ULM Warhawks. Might be a Don't, don't sleep on the Warhawks now. This is a early; It means a lot to them. Cajuns better be ready to go. And Mr. College Football Tony Barnhart joined us as well. Um, Tom Hafer, nice guy. Play-by-play voice of McNeese. Uh, they take on Mississippi College. They'll get their first win of the season uh, this Saturday and Eddie Nunez, the Athletic Director at New Mexico. Tomorrow is always a football Friday. We'll get the latest on the Tigers, the Cajuns, and the Saints, and then we'll have some fun. Uh, Georgie Faust will join us, as he always does on a Friday, um, from KLFY. We'll talk some high school football. We'll talk about the Cajuns. We'll get an SEC report from Blake Topmeyer, and then George Becknell, James uh, Mesh, and I will make our fearless prognosticating picks once again and boy was i off last week i am so glad i missed out uh i'm so glad lsu beat mississippi state i thought the cajuns would would take care of business against rice 0 for 2 over and and i picked mcneese to win i was 0 for 3 and i picked the saints to win so I, I, 0 for 4 I, I i am i am due to bounce back and bounce back strong if today's your birthday um september 22nd happy birthday from all of us to all of you you share your day with former astro Strohs didn't miss a beat but carlos correa is 27 years young today all right that's all the time we have james mesh thank you for all you do thanks to all of you for listening in in whatever form or fashion you do the radio the internet uh the television set whatever we appreciate it and to our partners. You know who you are, and you know we couldn't do it without you, so so thank you. Until tomorrow, I'm Jordy Holtberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. So long, everybody.